0: This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak.
2: And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards.
1: Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards at the kitchen table, and I am joined by, well, we've got Booker. Who's uh, in his crate right now, because otherwise he's going to uh, really be annoying for the next 40 minutes or so. But uh, we also, you just heard the yes from Missy, who is back. How how are you feeling? Actually,
3: today I had a good day. It was um, not too yucky. Like, I actually got out of the house on purpose. I put some clothes on. You know, (laughs) got dressed. (laughs) That's good.
1: Yep. That's good. (laughs) Uh, And so when we last talked, I had let folks know what was going on, that uh, they were talking about a blood transfusion. What's the latest with that?
3: The last time, yeah, so that was a couple weeks ago. um, All of my red blood cells, white blood cells, platelets, everything that was important were really low levels. So they were threatening me with a blood transfusion. And there really isn't anything you can do about any of that. Mm-hmm. Except for nothing. So I just rested for a week and they improved somewhat. So they didn't threaten me this last time. So I go back in again um, a couple days after Valentine's Day for more blood work. And then hopefully this will all calm down because this is just all as a result of chemo kill. Right. This is just because of chemotherapy, it just doesn't care what it's breaking. It just, you know, goes after everything. Right. So things just have to get better. So hopefully when this is all finished and. All of my tests come back and they're not so horrible. Then we go with the next set of tests, which is going to be CT scans. Yeah. To make sure that nothing comes back. Right. So that's going to be for the rest of my life. But that's it. I'll take that. Absolutely. Uh, your hair's starting to come back a little bit. I got a little bit of peach fuzz going on up here. A it's, bit. Enough, it's enough to feel uncomfortable against a pillowcase. <laughs> um,
1: but it certainly isn't enough to make my head feel warm. Kind of got that uh, Sigourney Weaver and uh, Aliens. Was it Aliens 3? I think, yeah was Aliens 3?
3: No, I have less
1: hair than her. It's more G.I. Jane. (laughs) But I can see it. Yeah. And it it seems to be coming back in not uh, silver, not gray. We'll see if it's like curly or stuff like that. uh,
3: I don't even remember what my real hair color is anymore. It's been so long. I think it's auburn.
1: It'll be a surprise.
3: It'll be a surprise when it starts coming <laughs> in. Right, right now, I'm just keeping hats on so my head doesn't freeze because it got cold today.
1: Yeah, it's been uh, unseasonably warm mm-hmm. for the past few days, like 70, 75. And then uh, the folks who are you know up in the northeast, I know we've got some listeners in upstate New York. Uh, y'all getting hammered with the snow. Well, we didn't get the snow, no. but it got back down to like 40 degrees with a uh, pretty stiff wind all day long, wind yes. and you know, wind chills probably in the twenties. Going to get down in the twenties tonight, so seasonable. But uh, but it's been unseasonably warm for the past couple of days, so it feels colder. Right, it does feel
3: way colder. I went outside today to check on everybody's water and was just
1: very uncomfortable with how cold it was. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for doing that, by the way. Oh no worries. They need drinks. They do everybody is uh, doing fine. We have not lost any more chickens, although I knock on wood. those stupid things keep getting they it's like
3: we have you in a coop caged area to keep you safe. Why do you keep trying to get out of the
1: safe area? They live dangerously, yes,
3: they are. they are not precious snowflakes. our little
1: chickens no but they I are did. wild critters, <laughs> but I did count tonight, and they were all there uh in the coop when I locked them up and the that's uh good. The the goats, our youngest daughter, had uh, uh, not tied up the uh, electric fence quite right. So they got out. There were still a couple of them wandering outside. Even though it was after dark and it was really cold, I figured they would be hunkered down. But uh, no, they were kind of wandering along near the uh, coop, eating, nibbling on bushes in the moonlight. I guess it's, you know, enough of a full moon.
3: Did they get out again? I locked them up. Yeah, no, they were out. Great. Does anybody want to buy a couple of cheap goats? They're really good for keeping your grass down and eating your bushes. And
1: I, I, cardboard. I didn't realize that you had locked them back up. Again. I did. I Uh-oh. locked them
3: up when I locked when I went to deal with the chickens because I told you this afternoon I was looking out and all the little chickens got out and everybody but the one big rooster figured out how to get out of the area.
1: He knows how to get out. Well, he
3: was totally stuck and being stupid running along on the inside of the fence. So I opened up the door bigger so he could get in and out. And then all the goats tried to run in and eat the flock block. So I chased them out of there. And then they followed me over to the pen. And I thought I shut them up and turned on the, but I guess I filled up the water and I locked them, tied them back up again. Unless she, she, no, maybe she fed them after I. Did that.
1: She might have. Whatever. Anyway, I noticed a couple of them wandering in the moonlight, nibbling on the grass, but that's okay, whatever.
3: Whatever. They'll find their way back home.
1: Yeah, they will, and as long as it's not rainy, they tend to stay away from the house. The only thing that really bugs me is when it's raining and they'll... Come up under the carport, or they'll get on the front porch and they, poop and they just poop everywhere. everywhere. That's the only thing that that, that bothers yeah. me. Yeah, I don't mind the them going I, I don't even care if they eat the rose bush, which they've destroyed. Yeah, I really would like. We, our fig tree came back. I'd like to keep the fig tree.
3: But they do eat the poison ivy, and they ate the holly leaves, uh, trees that we don't want. So you know, it's it's, it's we let them eat a lot of things, or some things, like you said, like the fig tree. Yeah.
1: Meanwhile, I think we're probably a couple of weeks away from having piglets.
3: That one girl looks really big, and it was three months, three weeks, and three days comes into mid-March or late February. I thought it was like, more like
1: February 27th.
3: Well, I also don't remember exactly. I'm going by the first day, and then I lost my calendar. So I can't remember whether we got them at the beginning of November or the beginning of December.
1: It was the beginning of November.
3: So, yeah, that would be... Towards the middle end of February.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm hopeful. I've got one more trip uh, towards the end of February, uh, up to the Conservative Political Action Conference outside of D.C. And I am uh, hoping that the piglets aren't born while I'm away.
3: Yeah, but then again, she's probably going to pick a time when no, she doesn't want anybody to be around anyway. She's going to pick a dark time or a night time or something like that.
1: Right. But yeah. hopefully
3: everything goes well. It's her first batch. She's a first time mommy. And and it's our first time with piglets. I mean, we've had yeah, we've never had any before babies but... born here. We had our girl give birth at a friend's house, and we got her back with four of the babies. But we've never had one of ours have
1: piglets, right? So, so that's a new experience for us.
3: Yeah, I've read like, like a lot of people put them in special birthing places to keep the babies separated from the moms, and then I've read a lot of places where they when they have pasture hogs, they just let them be because they're used to being out
1: there anyway. So. that's. that's I think probably what we're going to do. We're going to let them
3: be, and then we'll just make sure that they have a good run-in with a good amount of fresh straw for just try to keep it refreshed.
1: Yeah, and I definitely want to—our uh, uh, pigs have been really— they're calm. They're very gentle. Yeah. Uh, I'll be curious to see if the maternal instinct kicks in, but I definitely want to uh, uh, handle the piglets pretty early on and get them acclimated to humans, too.
3: Yeah. As long as we're in there pretty soon, I don't think it'll be an issue. It wasn't with Abigail, but then again, Abigail was a lot more humanized than these girl- These two are. Right. They're not as friendly as Abby was.
1: Yeah, no, and I think we've got uh, our one of our goats is I think Pregers as well, but that's probably a few more weeks, probably that's mid longer. to late March. Yeah, uh, before because uh, that's before five she's months. Born. Yeah, and we had uh, we had goat tonight for dinner, and it was pretty good. I gotta say, it didn't taste bad. It was just. Uh, he was a
3: little older, so it probably would have been better if I had braised it completely in liquid and keep it a little bit more tender. Mm. But um, I had olive oil. I had olive oiled it. really good, Elaine. I had Mike marinated it with some olive oil, salt, pepper, rosemary, and a lot of garlic. For a couple of days, yeah. No, I thought it was tasty, and I slow roasted it at like 280
1: degrees for four hours. I, I could see you had said something about it, uh, you thought it would have been a good pie roast. I could see it as good, like beef stew meat, yeah, totally right, good. like like the venison or steak. <coughs> it's just another red meat, yeah, but it is really lean, yeah, very lean, yeah. So, thank you, Frankie. You were delicious,
3: yes, t- Frankie was tasty. Well, we had Frankie before because we had Frankie for euros and um, on Christmas Eve, dinner. that's
1: right. So this was a rolled
3: roast from Frankie. But now I know I'm just going to use them and ground up, make some more gyro meat,
2: maybe maybe a stew.
3: stew. right? Like a nice West African stew with some yummy squash and potatoes in it or something yummy.
1: Uh, Or not. I was just thinking stew, but uh, with potatoes and mushrooms and carrots and onions. The usual stuff like you like. Yes. You don't like cooked carrots. In a stew, they're okay. Okay. As long as they're small. Okay. I don't have to. It's not like a carrot-based stew, (laughs) you know.
3: No, we're not rabbits.
1: (laughs) I can't even imagine eating a carrot stew. Thank goodness for that. All right, we're going to step away for just a moment. Uh, Really, I think it's just a couple seconds, but we'll be right back with more 40 Acres and a Fool, so stick around. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on
2: the Blaze Radio Network.
0: Liars by Glenn Beck on sale
2: now at glennbeck.com/liars. Welcome back to Forty Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Well, I think we've got Missy for one more segment.
3: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm certainly on. I'm fading fast here. But-
1: yeah. And I will say this, like gone are the days where you would toss and turn and not be able to fall asleep. Like now when you get tired I go to bed you're out. I'm
3: out. My body is totally needing to recover from what the abuses of the chemotherapy. (laughs) So yeah, I go to sleep and I'm out. Now I'm out, and then last night I was up at three o'clock in the morning, like an old lady. Like, oh, dear Lord, let me fall asleep again. And then I, it took me forever to fall back to sleep, but that was okay. I could sleep late this morning.
1: You stayed asleep
3: though. That was good I did. Thing. I did stay
1: asleep. <laughs> so the all uh, right, stop it. Because it's contagious. And I know. We I'm can starting. only have one person Here, yawning.
3: I'll, I'll cover my face for okay, now. Okay,
1: thank you. You're
3: welcome. I'll put a burka on or something. <laughs> uh,
1: so, you're knitting a, a baby blanket. You were doing that during our, our little break.
3: Yep, another one. I went and. And this, who is this for? This is for. Um, Trent Marsh? Yeah. With his little, his, he's having a baby, his baby boy. Yes, and again, it was more of a suggestion than a guideline or a rule. They said they liked gray and green. <laughs> so, this is gray, and this is kind of a green. And yes. then there's
1: other colors, so... It's very nice. Thank You're you. are going to like it, Trent.
3: Yeah. It's got chocolate brown and a gray and kind dada, of... Dada, a,
1: dada, don't tell everything.
3: But it's got some... I like the way that I went out today because the colors I had were too light and I needed some contrast colors. So I was at my favorite local yarn store, which is not too many miles from where we are, and it's in the middle of nowhere, but mm-hmm. she does a lot of internet ba- uh, um, sales mm-hmm. um, if you look for the yarn barn. Um, so... Uh, I went in to shop and it's so nice to see, that she actually has other customers too. Somebody was some older little lady, old, old lady was in there learning how to knit because she knew how to crochet and she didn't have any more baby blankets to crochet for people anymore. So she wanted to learn how to make something to donate. So she's going to learn how to knit hats and crochet and donate those. Oh, that's cool. And then we were also talking about what she was asking me who I make the baby blankets for. And I was like, Oh, well great nieces, great nephews, friends of, you know, sons, grandsons of friends of ours, that kind of thing. And uh, she was trying to think of where to donate little blankets. And I said, well, what about the nursing homes? Because they need little lap blankets, and that's about as big as I'm knitting a baby blanket, like Mm -hmm. three feet around. They only need something on their lap. And she was like, oh, what a great idea. So I might have helped her find a place to put her knitting or crocheting. Nice. Yeah. So, And she's learning a new thing, so that was neat. But that was my get-out-of-the-house trip today. Went out and bought some yarn and came home and had to take a rest. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, we had talked earlier. And you're like, yeah, I feel pretty good. I, you know, I don't feel nauseous. Feel like I got some energy. You, you sounded like you had some energy, and yep. then I get the text a couple hours later, like I'm done. Yeah, <laughs>
3: I went to the store. I'm tired. <laughs> I talked to people. It was exhausting.
1: <laughs> but that's the thing, I guess, right? Like it's it's. Like when you're tired and you're yawning and you're ready to go to bed, then you're ready to go to bed. Like when you've yeah. got your energy, you have it. But yep. then when you, but I don't, run it's out, gone. Yeah, right?
3: I'm kind of like a, a my iPhone. It's so old now that the battery life doesn't <laughs> last very long. That's about how I am with my my,
1: my body. My
3: I, the energy level doesn't last very long. Is
1: there a part of you that wants that blood transfusion to get that boost of new fresh blood? Like a vampire, like
3: yes, I was Missy I t- Bathory. I was thinking of channeling my inner Countess Elizabeth Bathory for that one, but there, I'm going to send you all to Wikipedia now. Uh, gotta look her up, but <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, get ready to be like really grossed out,
3: exactly, but in a weird way. But yeah, I'm not about going that way. Get, uh, on one, can you hand, be grossed out
1: in a non weird way?
3: I don't know. It's history. She was a weird woman. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't really do that anyway. <laughs> So there you go. <laughs> and I'm not telling you anymore. And then you're all going to be like, oh, my gosh, what is who? – who is that woman again? Rewind that. What did she say that lady's name was? Um, so, yeah, part of me was because a lot of people were coming back and saying, oh, I had one, and it made me feel great, or I had three, and I felt so much more alive. And I just was just not into it. I was trying to avoid that as much as possible. Right.
1: So – So you'll put up with the slow, steady
3: improvement? Yes, I'll put up with it. Unless they threaten me again, or if I fall over and start really bleeding, because that's the problem. I'm susceptible to infections. I'm susceptible, if I cut myself, I could really bleed. I could get a blood infection. If If I get a fall down and get a bruise, I could get subcutaneous or get the bleeding underneath the skin kind of thing. So it's the good thing with me having to stay
1: resting. Yeah. So,
3: I am. I mean, I got out and watered the animals, I got to the store, I did some other things, but I'm resting.
1: We still have a, about, I would say, at least a month, maybe six weeks before we have to start planting seedlings. And
3: For us, I mean, there's people who already got stuff in the garden and yay you, but uh, <laughs> and, and it is not me this year. Not going to happen it that way. It seems a little
1: early for us to actually put
3: the, well, the seeds down. It, we We should have planted tomato seeds already. To start for plants,
1: really already? Yep, yep, yep. yep. Already, yep.
3: already? Yes, because we've ar- we argued that we had started too late many other years. And we said we should start in January or February, and we haven't. To oh. have nice, big, thick, hardy p- tomato plants to put out, yeah. And we c- probably could have put the beets out.
1: Oh, started the beets hardy in the ground. Mm-hmm. Oh,
3: so slow start, but. I I don't care. It's not a race and I'm not in a competition. Last year the garden went to crap. I have to make up for the crap and then get it all started again. So we'll probably start in small sections and work our way across the garden and then this time next year we'll have a different story to say. All right.
1: Well, I I can at least uh over the next week or so clear out the uh the space for the beets and we can put those down.
3: Yeah. Because half of the garden got rototilled last year. We only used like an eighth of that half that I rototilled. It's just all overgrown with weeds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay, so we can put those down, and then I guess maybe one night next week we can uh, start planting some tomato seeds and keep them in the house because we keep them in the house anyway. Yeah, we we're... do
3: in the house. It's still too cold to put them in the greenhouse at night. It is going to get down to the 20s and 30s, and they're not going to germinate. You really want your soil to be nice and warm, like 70-degree soil temperature for the seeds to really germinate well. And I want them to have nice, hearty tomato plants. I, I miss having... Sauce, like we bought tomatoes to make sauce, but it's and it and it tastes just as good as if I had grown my tomatoes myself, but it's not quite the same because I only had 10 jars of sauce versus right. making sauce all summer long, yeah. And um, and I miss the other things, like we had so many yummy little cherry tomatoes just to have in a bowl on the counter,
1: right? And you just and, grab by the handful, yeah, as your snack.
3: Literally, the only thing that grew was the hot sauce, and the only or the hot peppers for the hot sauce, and the only peppers that really took off were the ghost and the habaneros. So, we might have a contest just to get rid of the hottest hot sauce on the planet (laughs) later on this spring.
1: Yeah, we have uh, we have those still uh, fermenting, right, and, and mm-hmm. pickling, yep. bubbling away. I was thinking that we need to actually uh, have a contest. We'll probably we'll we'll try to figure this out. And in fact, you can help us figure this out. What if you have got any contest ideas here? I know what the prize is going to be. Yeah, but if you actually have any contest ideas, you can uh, send them to us fortyacrefool at gmail dot com, uh, and the prize will be a bottle of Miss E's. Actually, it's it's uh, Mister Freckles' fiery. Uh, hot sauce, right? Fiery. It's like Mr. Freckles, fiery hot sauce.
3: Mr. Freckles fermented fiery hot sauce or something silly like that. But it's really just, it's a hot sauce. It's like hot peppers and sweet peppers, but it was fermented for anywhere from one of the jars was from a year ago. And then the rest of them for anywhere from four to six, seven months of fermenting. And then, so the only thing in there is,
1: um, salt peppers and a little bit of vinegar. And uh, Scott Laceth, the sporting chef. Oh, yeah. We uh, sent a bottle to Scott, and when I saw him at SHOT Show, he was raving. Was the first thing he said to me, uh, not even high, it was like he, the first thing he said was, your wife's hot sauce is amazing. He said, I'm putting it on everything. I'm putting it on my on my uh, my meat. I'm putting it on my eggs every morning. He was like, it's like crack. So it's good stuff if you like hot sauce. And yeah, that I think was, we're, we're going to give away at least a bottle.
3: And that was a trade, too. Well, not a trade. He didn't know it. He had sent me one of his cookbooks. An, an autographed cookbook, and to say thank you, I sent a thank you note, and I sent him a bottle of hot sauce, hoping he would like it. So I'm really pleased that he liked it.
1: Absolutely. See, we did have like a, a, a Friends of the 40 Acres program, where you know, like you <laughs> sign up and you get baby blankets, you get, you know, hot sauce delivered. You know, it'd be expensive. It would be. It'd I be mean, like a farm box. It would be like a farm box because <laughs> the,
3: the, by the time these blankets are done, the amount of yarn is like a hundred dollars. Right. So you talk and about the labor. The labor, and right. I'm not going to tell you how much you know my time costs because I don't <laughs> want people to go, oh my god, and not use a blanket. It's 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 made to last. It's made to be. It's made to be used. It's made to be loved and used and abused until toddlerhood, and, and then put away for an, the next one coming. Uh, along these things the pipe.
1: these things turn into whoobies. I mean, they they stay yeah. through toddlerhood. They I think do. they end up, you know, traveling to college in some cases.
3: My sixteen-year-old still has his it's yeah. over there in a basket, all folded up, and the eleven-year-old still has his on his bed. He keeps using his. The the uh, his sister doesn't, however, because at one point when she was younger, she decided to try to do something with it with to scissors, oh. and I haven't yet figured out how to fix it. I've just have it put away so she can't ruin it anymore.
1: <laughs> all right, we're going to step away for another moment or two. You, you guys, to go to bed? Yeah, I'm getting tired. All right. Thank you, Missy.
3: No, you're welcome. I hope you have a good rest of your show.
1: Well, thank you. I'll uh, I'll see you shortly. Hopefully, you'll still be awake. Well, although, actually, no. Hopefully, you'll be asleep, and I'll see you in the morning. Yes. How about that? All right. Well, half of this daring duo is uh, going <laughs> to return after a quick timeout, so stick around. There's more 40 Acres and a Fool on the way.
2: You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Rabbi Daniel Lapin On Demand. The point is, if you know nothing about gravity, you're not going to know it's too important an aspect of the physical operation of the world. Similarly, in with regard to the spiritual operation of the world, if you know nothing about spirituality, you are terribly handicapped in understanding how the world really works. Because so much of our lives depend on
2: spiritual factors. Rabbi Daniel Lapin On Demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Forty Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: So ordinarily, uh, it's a pretty quiet place, Farmville, uh, where we do Cam and Company on NRA TV each and every weekday. You can uh, catch it on Sirius X and Patriot 125 at midnight Eastern as well as the uh, live show on NRA TV 2 to 5 Eastern. Like I said, normally it's pretty quiet. Not a lot of stuff going on. I mean, there's 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 activities. there's stuff to do. We've got the uh, the the free movies downtown in the summer. Uh, you've got the uh, Virginia wine cellar, which has, I believe now ten different wineries from across the state where uh, you can sample uh, these wines all in one location. We've got green front furniture. There's lots of stuff to see and do. But generally speaking, uh, it's a it's a very peaceful, kind of calm place, Farmville, Virginia. But last weekend, from what I understand, there were protests in the streets of Farmville. Yes, protests uh, led by, because uh, Farmville, Virginia has not one but two uh, colleges. We've got Hamden-Sydney College, which is a, an all-male private school uh, that's been around since, I think, 1776. And then there's Longwood University, which uh, is a public uh, uh, liberal arts uh, university. That's a very good nursing program, uh, and the college Democrats, when I understand, the college Democrats at Longwood University decided to have this protest uh, on the streets of Farmville protesting Donald Trump, marching uh, in protest down Main Street. Uh, I was not there for this. This was on a Saturday. I was uh, busy doing things around the House, so I uh, I didn't see the protest firsthand. But from what I understand... Uh, there were more police officers than actual protesters there on Main Street. But that's not to say that uh, the protests couldn't grow. Apparently, more are planned. And, uh, and, and maybe even the, uh, the, the the culture war and the political culture war, the political civil war that we seem to be in, may have actually reached Farmville, Virginia. I, I, I was hoping... I really was. I was hoping that we could avoid it. I mean, we had the vice presidential debate in Farmville back in October, and it went off really without a hitch. There were uh, there was a, a free speech field that had been set up, and people could go and vent their spleen there. And uh, uh, we didn't have any protests or uh, riots in uh, downtown Farmville or on the outskirts of Farmville, uh, for that matter. It was just again, it was a a, a good event and i it gave me hope, actually, that uh, you know, maybe Farmville was going to be this little splotch of normalcy uh, in a sea of abject weirdness. and um, and I'm not sure that that's the case anymore. I kind of feel like I feel like my innocence is lost now. now that I know that uh, the college Democrats are capable of protesting in Farmville, Virginia, as well. From what I understand, I have I have no uh, uh, belief that uh, they, they targeted the NRA news studios and uh, the studios of Cam and Company. Maybe that will happen at some point. Maybe I'll uh, walk out the door to go to lunch one weekday, and I will be surrounded by a mob of angry students or two or three angry moms demanding action. But uh, uh, so far, that hasn't happened either. So far, at least, um, it's been fairly quiet something going on in the background though can you hear it you can hear the crackling and the crunching i think it's missy i think she might be getting a midnight snack i'm not going to give her a hard time about it i have been trying to keep missy supplied with uh tasty cakes and uh sea salt caramels and i don't know if this is you know good cancer fighting food but uh Figure chocolate is good for the soul, right? And it's got to have some sort of antioxidant and uh, some sort of you know uh, anti-cancer flavonoid or something like that. Plus, it's it's just chocolate. How can it be bad for you? It's got to make you feel better. So she's uh, she's she's. I don't I don't want to talk out of turn here. She's also still awake. She's kind of wandering around here, but. Uh, uh, you know, her appetite has just disappeared, and really. It's, it's, uh, she was very proud of herself for actually eating an entire sandwich. Not like a fast food, you know, meat piled on top of meat sandwich. Just a normal two slices of white bread, a couple of slices of uh, cold-cut sandwich. Uh, she actually ate the entire thing, and she was very proud of herself for, uh, for doing that the other day because uh, really her appetite has just been down to almost nothing for the uh, past couple of months. So it is it, I got to tell you, it is it is good to see the um, even the the small signs of recovery and of progress. Uh, and I was really relieved, and I thank you again for your thoughts and your prayers, because I know that I talked about it on last week's podcast. Uh, I was very relieved to hear that uh, right now they're they're holding off on the transfusion because she really was freaked out about that. I think it would have probably made her feel better, but I think she would have also been worried and scared because uh, it was another procedure that she hadn't thought about and, and didn't think that she would have to have. Again, it just wasn't on her radar. Um, and so if all of a sudden that was a, a reality that she was going to have to have that, uh, I, yeah, I think it would have... Uh, think it would have really bothered her so i'm I'm glad that for now anyway uh it looks like we have staved off that um that requirement and uh it remains a possibility but uh uh, hopefully when she goes back things are going to be getting better so again i really do appreciate all the thoughts and prayers it means a lot to me it means a lot to miss e and uh and keep them coming because we could still certainly use them all right we're going to step away for a moment or two uh when we come back actually one more thank you before we uh uh, take a time out. Greg, my llama farming friend in uh, North Carolina, heading up to uh, Virginia this weekend, uh, offered to uh, come by. So we're bringing my guys in the clown car. It, it, you've never <laughs> you, you have not seen clown car until you have seen uh, llamas more than one uh, climb out of a minivan. I thought this 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 blew my mind the first time I saw this. I figured you know Greg was coming up to Farmville and this was uh, it was uh, two summers ago. He was coming up and uh, gonna hang out for a day and he was bringing Mushu the llama and I figured there'd be a trailer involved. No, no trailer at all. Mushu's just hanging out in the minivan, just 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 sitting there, chill as can be, hanging out with Greg. Uh, and so this is how Greg travels with his llamas. You don't need a, a trailer. You don't need to tow them behind. They can just they can just sit in the minivan with you. So I, I do really appreciate it, Greg. I wish that I was going to be around this weekend. Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately. I'm, I'm also excited that I'm going to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania for the Great American Outdoors show because I, I, I love the Great American Outdoors show. Uh, but unfortunately, I'm not going to be in Virginia when you're in Virginia. So I, I, I do thank you for the offer. We will run across each other again very soon. I am sure, uh, but in the meantime, say hi to Mushu for me, and of course all of the uh, uh, the other llamas there in uh, North Carolina. All right, when we come back, we have a couple more emails that I want to get to. The email address, is always, is fortyacrefool at gmail You can follow. I'll give you Missy e first because uh, I know that's that's who you really want to follow. Uh, you can follow Missy e on Instagram at corny goat farm. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at cam edwards. You can also follow me on Twitter at Cam Edwards as well. All right. We'll be back. We've got more 40 Acres and a Fool coming up right after this. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards
0: on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, I want to talk to you a little bit about the trouble that I have sometimes with my son and my daughter. They love the Internet as I do. The Internet is an incredible resource, educational, social, recreational. It's all good, except it's not all good. Some of it is real bad. And it can show up on your kid's screen when you least expect it. So how do you as a parent handle it? I want to tell you about Hero Parental Control. It's the most comprehensive family internet solution available. And the activity from all of your family's devices can be filtered, can be monitored, and even tracked via GPS from a dashboard on your phone or your iPad. Material that may be healthy for a teen can be harmful to a young child. And so you need to have the perfect protection level from toddler to teen to mom and dad. One of the most important steps to a safer internet in your home is recognizing this is a really big issue. Hero gives you the power to create a protected and nurturing online environment. There's nothing like it. Try Hero. Block the bad. Choose what's good for your family. Visit BlazeHero.com. That's BlazeHero.com.
2: 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: So we heard uh, this week via email from Christy in Oklahoma uh, near Newcastle, Oklahoma. It's been a little bit more than a year, actually, since Christy wrote to us. uh, When she wrote in for the first time, they had just moved to their five-acre property, a new homesteading family, and uh, now here it is a little more than a year later. And uh, and Christy wrote in with some updates. I'm glad to hear that, that you're still there, Christy. I'm glad to hear that things are going okay. Um, she, when they moved in, they they had a property that was just full of uh, eastern red cedars that needed to be removed. She said uh, they're still there, they have not yet been removed, minus a, a huge one. She says it took hours. Uh, to finally get down, and quite a few that were waist-high. She says, I know this progress sounds hideous, but many other things actually have moved forward. Listen, Christy, if if you're like me, you've got the stuff that needs to get done but is big, and is, is not necessarily a needs-to. It's a I'd really, really like to, but it's also very time-consuming and very involved, and so that invariably gets put on the back burner in favor of the uh, smaller, more manageable needs And then these smaller, more manageable wants, uh, right? And to me, I I think that's just—I think that's human nature. I think that's how it works out. Uh, And you—you kind of tackle those big, seemingly insurmountable problems bit by bit, a piece at a time, one tree at a time. And uh, who knows if—if you—if now, hopefully, you're not going to wait another like year and a half to write in. But maybe the next time you do write in, uh, you will have made even more progress with the red cedars. Christy uh, started out with nine chickens when they moved uh, onto their property back in October 2015. She said in the spring of 2016, they started increasing the flock, about 20 or so extra hens. She said it would turn out to be about six roosters. uh, Stayed in our garage while my wonderful husband, she says, built a mansion of a chicken coop, 12 by 18 foot building. A little over half of it is for chickens. The other area is a supply room to store the bedding, the feed, as well as a brooder space, she says it's amazing. That sounds amazing. That sounds. <laughs> that sounds. I'm, I'm a little jealous right now, Christy. Uh, she said. Then came September, a few months ago. Tractor supply running a wonderful sale on chickens. So twenty five more pullets were purchased. Oh, and six guineas. So after a few predator incidents, hawk and coyote, we have forty three laying hens. He has forty three, plus the ruse and the guineas. Christy says, we never planned this, but we did get 114 eggs in the last seven days. I, 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 don't even, I don't even know. I mean, obviously, you have to sell those, right, Christy? There's no way. You can't make enough cookies or quiches or omelets to uh, uh, get rid of 114 eggs in a week. Christy says, "We love our chickens. I'm hoping that living on a state highway will help us generate a little income for feed. I don't know what the uh, what the what the laws are in Oklahoma, Christy, as far as being able to sell those eggs to the farmers market. But you know, I mean, Newcastle—it's uh, an exurb of Oklahoma City. I don't know where the closest farmers market would be to Newcastle, but uh, you probably you probably would not even have to get into uh, Oklahoma City itself to to sell your eggs at a uh, at a farmers market." Christy says, we planted six fruit trees to begin our orchard, and we found an apple tree, a blackberry thicket, a cherry tree grove, as well as sand plum bushes. Christy says, we also ventured into beekeeping last spring. Bought a hive and a package of bees. Failed miserably. So miserably, Christy says, that we have committed to three hives this spring. We've joined a local bee club. We've enrolled in a two-day bee class. I feel we have better odds this time. And due to uh, building the chicken house, Christy says, the garden went in way late, did absolutely nothing. I'm not sure why, but I'm going to test the soil in the uh, next week or so. She says, um, it sounds like a lot. She says, I'm a homemaker. One of my girls has moved out. The others probably going to embark on adulthood soon. My husband and I are project junkies, and it's been a year and four months since we last talked. So, yeah, that does sound like a, a very busy year and four months, Christy. She says, we have big, springs for, or big plans for this spring. Have the frame for our 10-by-20-foot greenhouse already up. Seeds are ordered. Cannot wait for some consistently warmer weather to start seeds and begin a back-to-Eden-style vegetable garden. Four more fruit trees for the orchard ready to be planted in the next few weeks, along with 19 other various trees to replace the red cedars and ornamental Bradford pears that need to go. So much to plant, she says. It's a lot to take on, but we are so excited for spring. We love to hear that Miss E is on the mend. Taking her last round of chemo, we continue to pray for her recovery, and I know that she will be at full speed in no time. I so look forward to listening to you guys every Monday morning. She says it fits in well while cleaning the kitchen up from the previous weekend. Much love and prayers. Uh, And uh, Christy says she hopes this fall she'll be able to share a jar of good old Oklahoma honey. I, I hope so as well, Christy, and hopefully we'll be able to share a jar of uh honey from the heart of virginia thank you so much for your prayers and your kind words i'm glad to hear that everything is going so well for you and again don't wait a year and 4 months christy to uh to check back in all right you can you, i'm not saying you got to write every week but uh don't be a stranger we also uh heard from kevin who is a fairly new listener Kevin says, a friend introduced me to the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I'm slowly working my way back through the old episodes. I used to listen to you on Sirius when I had that, but I dropped the subscription to save some money. And I now rely mainly on podcasts for news and entertainment. Uh, Well, don't forget, Kevin, you can also get Cam and Company, that very same show that you used to listen to on Sirius. You can get that in an on-demand form as well at uh, iHeartRadio, or you can download it as a podcast each and every day. At iTunes, so I don't want you missing out on your latest second amendment news and information either. But I'm glad that you found us here on 40 Acres and a Fool. Kevin says, I grew up in 100 acres in a family that did cash crops and beef. When my girlfriend and I got pregnant, I manned up and I became a husband and a father. Unfortunately for us, Kevin says, that was at the top of the housing bubble. The only thing I was comfortable with buying was a house on a 75 by 150 foot lot on Main Street in a small town. It was a big adjustment for me. My wife's an Oklahoma City girl and was more comfortable in town than I was. We had our little raised garden bed, and after several attempts, we grew some halfway decent vegetables, but I was never happy there. I spent all the time that I could over my parents 20 miles away working on my tractors, my trucks, just being outside. My wife also began feeling cooped up with neighbors only 15 feet away on all sides. I, and I, you know, it's, it's funny that you write that, Kevin, uh, because I think, as you say, your wife was an Oklahoma City girl. Grew up around that, but I'm guessing the more time that she spent at your parents, the more she began to appreciate not having a neighbor 15 feet away from you. I Look, it's been four years since we moved, and I would say at least three or four times a week, I still walk outside the front door, and I imagine... That our house is on the uh, the footprint where we used to live in Northern Virginia, and I start laying out neighbor's house would have been there, neighbor's house would have been there, neighbor's house would have been there, and I can count all you know twenty eight houses that I used to be able to see from my front door in my backyard, and and it all fits in a fairly compact space uh, around our farmhouse, and uh, and and I am still just blown away. Uh, and so grateful, <laughs> literally almost every time I walk out the door, I'm uh, just so thankful and so grateful that my neighbor is not 15 feet away from me. Uh, Kevin says, uh, after 13 years, piles of home improvement, three more kids, and a great recession, the value of our home finally rose to meet what we still owed, and we were able to do a little more than break even. So we took our savings, Kevin says, and we were able to put a down payment, on 14 acres, three miles from Mom and Dad's place. The kids and dogs have room to roam. The girls and I can walk out our back door and hunt for squirrels and rabbits and deer. Unfortunately, Kevin says, the seed companies did not follow our move, and we have not received any catalogs this year. But being that my job took up all my free time last year, we weren't able to put in the garden at the old house, and we didn't move until the end of fall. So the first fruits that we will get from our new land will be the syrup from the five huge maples. That I tapped last weekend. Kevin says, My wife has yet to pick out where her new garden will be. I, however, have decided that the 10 tillable acres out back will be put into field corn. Kevin says, When your hobby is antique tractors and combines, you look for reasons to play with them. (laughs) Well, Kevin, listen, I I look forward to hearing more about your adventures this year. Uh, Congratulations, sir. That is so fantastic that uh, after 13 years, you finally got a little more space to call your own. Ah, uh, you're close to your mom and dad. I know that that's got to be hugely important. I mean, three miles. I don't. I don't know how busy the roads are, but uh, you know that, that that's that's close enough that your kids could bike over uh, to Grandpa and Grandma's house, and that's pretty special. So I, I do look forward to following along with your adventures, and uh, thank you for uh, making the introduction. It is uh, it is great to meet you, Tiffany, riding in from Central Oregon as well. Says so she's beyond happy to hear that Missy is finally done with chemo. Yeah, knock on wood, Tiffany. Uh, we are done. Tiffany says, I've had experience with cancer and many different treatments with my dad, and it didn't end well. We'll just leave it at that. And I'm sorry to hear that, Tiffany. Tiffany says, I know it's going to take time to get your life back, but at least you're, going on, uh, you're on the road going in the right direction. Even if a few pit stops are needed... Now, she says, uh, at her place, last few months have been nothing but burn yard debris for about 25 days, and then snow, 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 and more snow every week. She says, I swear, you've been under a winter weather advisory, and to be frank, poke me with a fork, I am done. Tiffany says, I want to wear flip-flops and put away my snow boots, scars, and my jackets. She says, with that said, uh, Cam mentioned that he was wondering what others are doing to plan their gardens. Tiffany says, I've been looking at an ordinary greenhouse that can withstand the snow load in the winter and will also allow me to keep the deer out. I'll send a pic, she says, once I can see the ground and get it set up. Yeah, please do, Tiffany. Uh, Also last summer and fall, she said, spent cleaning up the property, down trees, etc. Even found what looks to be an old cabin on the ground in the trees. I saved a uh, a 1 foot by 12 foot, 12 foot old piece of wood and some very large, she says, I mean large, so I guess we're talking large nails. You can still make out the large saw that uh, milled the wood. She says, I'm looking forward to seeing if she can salvage any more once the snow is gone again. In the meantime, in central Oregon, elk aplenty going through Tiffany's property, as well as deer. Recently had cougars coming in way too close to homes, and I'm sorry to say, she says, chickens, cats, and dogs were attacked. I can't blame the cougars. This winter's been rough, but uh, it's also sad to say, she says, that the uh, Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife does not relocate them but I understand. She said uh, five cougars in all, gone. Needless to say, Mr. Diesel, who is uh, Tiffany's dog, a Sharpei Rottweiler mix. Needless to say, she says, Mr. Diesel has on occasion stuck his nose out the door to sniff the air, turned to give me a look of, yeah, I'm not going out there right now. Even though he's old, at least he's still got a good nose on him. Yeah, well, good for you, and actually good for uh, Mr. Diesel, uh, Tiffany. And I. And again, this you're right, you don't blame the cougars. The cougars are doing what the cougars are doing. But at the same time, the uh, the humans are doing what the humans have done for thousands and thousands of years, right? I mean, this is part of the cycle of life. Yes, a predator has to eat when the predator decides to prey on the, uh, the livestock raised by humans, well, then the humans are one of the few animals that can actually fight back against those predators. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, sometimes that means the, the, the uh, predators uh, end up getting put down. But uh, as I said, it is that circle of life. On a lighter note, says Tiffany, as a thank you last year to an older neighbor that helped with some things, I brought him some beer and some tomato plants. He was very appreciative, but also said, I can buy my own bleeping beer. The way he said it made me think uh, handmade, and I remember watching Alaska, The Last Frontier, and how they always made gifts. So, Miss E will be proud, I hope, says Tiffany. I learned to knit. Now, Tiffany, I want you to know that I'm going to tell Miss E this. I'm going to share this email with her. So even though she's gone to bed right now, she's going to know about this. I think that's so awesome. Tiffany says, We have a wonderful local quilting and yarn store, and the lady who taught me, Jean, is such a wonderful teacher, she swears that I am her best student. (laughs) She says, I'll take it. I do have to say, though, I could not have learned on my own. I tried and failed miserably, and I really appreciate the encouragement from Jean and the other ladies that are just so dang sweet and genuine. That is awesome. So for Christmas, Tiffany made her ornery neighbor a fresh loaf of bread, brownies, and a beautiful, soft, basket-weave scarf. Tiffany says, I thought he was going to cry. He said it was the best Santa visit ever as I trekked back through the trees and snow. What a wonderful feeling, says Tiffany. I'll be finding something else to make him this year, maybe a throw. That is that is so cool. Tiffany says, I regularly check in on each of your Instagram accounts. I noticed that the ball that Missy knitted. And if you wouldn't mind sharing the, uh, the pattern for that, I would be so grateful. I've got a friend pregnant with a little girl, and this would be an awesome gift. Uh, I will make sure that that happens, Tiffany. Tiffany says... Uh, Wishing you the best, and until next time, take take care. Tiffany, say hi to uh, all of the elk for me, and uh, say go away to all of the cougars. And uh, thank you for sharing your stories. Again, I'm so excited that you're learning to knit. I know Missy's going to be thrilled about that as well. And uh, again, I appreciate you checking in. All right, we need to uh, step away. I guess this is the last segment, so I guess we have to step away for about a week or so. Oh, parting this such sweet sorrow. But uh, we will meet again. Uh, and in the meantime, it really isn't you know partying. I mean, we do have social media, like I said, at Cam Edwards on Twitter, at Cam Edwards on Instagram, at Corny Goat Farm on Instagram for Miss E. We've got Cam and Company each and every day live, NRA TV, 2 to 5 Eastern, uh, midnight Eastern on X and Patriot 125. So uh, we, we can still stay in touch in the meantime. But we will have another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool coming up in about a week from now. Thank you for tuning in to episode 95 of 40 Acres and a Fool. Wow, we're closing in on 100 episodes. Might have to do something special. Maybe something even a little bit bigger than uh, some of Mr. Freckle's fiery hot sauce. We'll think about that. But uh, love to hear your contest ideas. Love to hear what's going on in your world. We always love hearing from you via email. So in the meantime, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and we'll talk to you soon from the near frontier with more 40 acres and a fool.
2: This is 40 acres and a fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.